Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Happy NFL schedule release day, everyone. We're counting down to the release of the Jets 2021 schedule, and then we can all react together unless you've seen the leak somewhere. But pretend you haven't if you had. I'm Tim McMaster, along with the Athletics Jets reporter Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris, our producer. Subscribe to the show wherever you're watching or listening. That really helps us out. we got a lot to get to. The full schedule, about 15 minutes until it's officially out. We'll get to that. But a few things to touch on before that. Um, before we get to those things, though, Connor, anything going on with you lately? Is uh, is this an exciting day for you? It is. Today is the last day I'm going to be in Jersey. I'm I'm moving. No, I'm not moving. I'm <laughs> going to. Uh, yeah, we're bachelor party. Bachelor party starts tomorrow. I can't wait. So we're uh, scary. I've kind of been like in and out all over the place the last two days trying to get ready. We're going down to uh, to New Orleans. Me and uh, ten of my close friends. Um, so we've got a, we've got a house that I found out is over top of an Irish pub. Which is going to be freaking awesome. We're going to be there uh, through Monday, uh, flying down tomorrow at 7 a.m. I'm so stoked because we're playing TPC Louisiana uh, tomorrow afternoon, which I'm really excited about playing golf again on Friday. And then it's just going to be eating and drinking and all that stuff and having a uh, having a good time all throughout it. So I've kind of just been getting ready and all. It was uh, getting ready and and packing and and all that stuff. And obviously the schedule drop is is kind of probably coming at an inopportune time. So I was like going to say, <laughs> well, we should have talked figured... to the NFL and, and cleared yeah, that really? up for you. Yeah. So I, I would have hey, said, you're I was lucky like, oh, that it came out off. tonight. I can't believe it's coming out on a Wednesday. You would think a Thursday night is more like appealing for this schedule release show that they're oh, having. So yeah, yeah. you're kind of lucky. You should be thanking them that it's coming up tonight. So. Well, I would have had the wild thing too is rookie minicamp for every team pretty much but is the Jets week? is this Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so it was funny. Like I, I played golf with a good friend of mine, Andy Vasquez, who covers the Jets for the record. And as we're like on the first tee, he goes, dude, the Giants are doing their rookie minicamp the first like day of your bachelor party because Andy's coming. And I was like, oh no. So I texted Eric, who's like in charge of the Jets media relations. I was like, dude, are you going to make me cry right now? I was like, am I going to have to like delay my flight a day to like get this in and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. It's, it's going to be the week early. So I dodged that bullet. This one I'll take. I'll, I'll take having to do the podcast and having to do all this like the day before. And and like I, I had off, I, we have to, I found out I have like a ton of vacation because I never take it. So I had to burn vacation time. So I took Monday, Tuesday to get stuff done. Today I'm back on, but I just had to go like shopping and stuff. I got all my packing done yesterday. What's funny is I, I was telling, mentioned this before. So Brie worked on Monday, Tuesday. So she came home from work on Tuesday and like, you know, we're kind of talking, how was your work? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, you know, yeah, I had like my golf clubs already packed. And she was like, oh, she's like, are you packing or something like that? I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to pack tonight. And this was like 11 o'clock already. So she goes like, it's 11 o'clock. You're going to be up to like 3 a.m. packing. I was like, no, I'm taking 15 minutes. I was literally done packing in 15 minutes. Put jeans. I remember pants this time. Put jeans, <laughs> nice. shorts, like three T-shirts, two button downs and my golf stuff. And I'm ready to go. So it was a nice little quick 15 minute packing. Uh, and I'm the, the only the only issues that I've run into are like the things that I forget. Because when I travel for extended periods of time, Brie is always with me and Brie brings them. So like Shopping. today I had to run out and get like shampoo and get like body wash and stuff. I was like, shit. I was like, I don't have any of this stuff because Brie always takes care of it for me. So uh, we're 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 making it through, but we're good. We're, we're ready to go. I'm going to my buddy's house tonight. I'm crashing there with with another one of my friends. And then we're going to get up at uh, bright and early and head up to the Philly airport at 7 a.m. to, to check in and, and get through security and all that stuff. So I am so stoked because this is going to be the first place i've traveled outside of new jersey since the jets colts game in indianapolis sucks so i'm kind of excited to go to uh, new orleans yeah new orleans a little bit better uh speaking of new orleans we'll see later you know if anyone else is going to new orleans if they're coming here that's all part of the schedule reveal coming up soon before we get to that though um some news and notes connor first Tavon austin 
uh, worked out with the Jets. They kind of have an abundance of receivers now. But here's a guy who's been an effective guy. You know, he, you think back to 2016 with the Rams. Played five seasons there, but 58 catches over 500 yards. He made 75 starts with the Rams, uh, then two years with Dallas. Last year, he caught on late with the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers had nice things to say about him. Where does he kind of fit into a mix with the Jets right now, though? <coughs> Excuse me. I think uh, allergies are hitting me hard. Uh, I, I think what this visit kind of sing, sing I always screw this word up. What this visit signals, and I always say singles, and then I always get it all kind of combobu- discombobulated. Uh, I, I think it just shows another commitment by the Jets to special teams. You know, I, I don't think they're looking at Tavon Austin to steal reps from Elijah Moore. They're not looking at him to, to replace Jamison Crowder. They're not looking at him for anything like that. I think they see him as a potential weapon for this offense, somebody that you can line up in the backfield, someone you can get the ball to on jet sweeps. And remember the 49ers had, had Debo Samuel. They had Brandon Ayuk, guys who could do similar things like that. Austin's a little bit more of an elusive guy than that. Um, so they look like somebody who maybe can be an, an interesting little minor weapon on offense, but more than anything, you see a kick return and you see a punt returner because that's what he's been best at. I mean, that's what he was decent with when he was with the Cowboys. That's what he really made, made impact plays with when he was with the 49ers for those, those years. So I think they see a guy who still has some speed, still has some agility, still is one of those quicker players in the league. And he's somebody who, if they can bring him on board for the right cost, maybe he can compete there for those special, that special team kick returner, punt returner job, because, you know, the last two years under Adam Gase, the Jets never really had a dynamic punt returner. I mean, they had basically Braxton Berrios doing it, and he's a decent, you know, fair catch guy, someone who's going to give you 10 yards, 12 yards, but he's not going to take it to the house. And, and, the year before that, it was a disaster, and 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 kick return wise, they really haven't had anyone that can do the job. But it's it's been a, a void since really Andre Roberts left. So I think this is another guy who's a veteran, kind of similar Andre Roberts, where it's a little bit later on in his career, but he's a smart player, he's an intelligent player, he's somebody who kind of knows how to make the special teams game work. And I think it just shows that the Jets are are really committing. You can see they're committing to special teams with the signing of Justin Hardy some of the players that they drafted in the later rounds. And I think if they bring on Tavon Austin as another example of that, where they're committing to, to getting better on that side of the ball. All right. So the schedule is officially out. So let's move on to that and we'll kind of take it piece by piece. But first I'll just go through it real quick and then we can, we can discuss it after that. Uh, the preseason is at the giants at the Packers. Then the, the Eagles will come to uh, to MetLife Stadium. And then the regular season, and this was out earlier, so we'll start with it, but but we'll get to everything else first. At Carolina, which is obviously just fantastic scheduling by the NFL. Then it's uh, the Patriots at home at Denver, uh, Titans at home at Atlanta, then the bye week at New England, Cincinnati at home at Indianapolis, Buffalo, Miami are at home, then at Houston, Philadelphia and New Orleans home, then at Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady, the champs at home, and then week 18 at Buffalo to finish it. And the one thing I didn't mention in there is that week five at Atlanta, not actually at Atlanta, um, but in London where they will play that one. No report yet whether or not Connor is going to be able to convince the Athletic to send him across the Oh, I will be there. I'll be there. I've already started it. I'll be there. I can promise you that I will be there. What about us? All right, let's start. What was that, Marissa? What about us? Yeah, yeah you got to work for us, that. too. I wanted Marissa at the Combine. I wanted Can't Wait at the Combine. We yeah. had Tim. We needed Marissa there. That's what that's what we were missing out on. So we've, uh, we've we, we, that's the next step. we got to get everyone to, to London, and we got to get everyone to, uh, to the Combine. Indianapolis, which you've already talked down to uh, Oh, it today. does suck. Uh, I mean, you saw uh, it. It's not fun. Like, and it's freezing. It suck. Let's uh let's start with week one and obviously it's it's gonna get a lot of hype. It's visiting Carolina, visiting Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold in his new home, welcoming his old team and the quarterback who replaced him to town. The only thing that could really put a slight snag in this great start to a season, Connor, is if Zach Wilson isn't the starting quarterback week one for the Jets. Um, that would be a shame. So let's put that out there right away. But but what a way to start, right? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Tim. I don't think there's any chance. I'll just say this. I don't think there's any chance Zach Wilson isn't this team's starting quarterback week one. I mean, we're not far away from organized team activities. We've reached the point now where the veterans can be handed the playbook and the veterans can be in the building if they want, and the Jets still have not added a veteran quarterback. Now, I think that a veteran quarterback will eventually come, whether it's Brian Hoyer via free agency or if they're going to trade for for Nick Foles. I don't necessarily know what direction they're going to go, but it would be – 
I mean, roster malpractice if you go into the season with, with Mike White, James Morgan, and Zach Wilson as your only quarterbacks. I mean, I know Mike LaFleur is the quarterback whisperer. They've got experience there with Greg Knapp, but you need a veteran presence in the meeting meeting room. And I don't care how much uh, the Jets liked what they saw from James Morgan in practices last year. You still need that veteran quarterback in there, solo Adam. But the fact that that quarterback is not on the roster yet, Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. Zach Wilson's going to be the starter, which makes sense. I mean, the days of a rookie quarterback sitting and waiting – are over and and I think this is going to be a fascinating game and, and I think it's because it's 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 probably going to be a little bit more emotional uh, for Sam. I think it's going to be a little bit more um, there's going to be a little bit more to it for Sam because Sam Darnold's the guy who the Jets decided they didn't want anymore. Sam Darnold was the guy who the Jets said we think we can do better than you. And they decided to move on. And, and I know it's kind of a, a difficult situation. I, I think it's going to be emotional for both sides and that like it was a divorce that was amicable. It was a divorce that both sides knew had to happen, but it was also a divorce that neither side really wanted to happen. I and mean, there was still some love there. Just They just knew the marriage wasn't going to work, right? Um, because like uh, Joe Douglas said it, he said if the Jets were picking 5, 10, 15, 20, they're not having this conversation. They're not going to trade Sam Darnold. They're going to build around him and ride him. But when they were picking second and, and they saw Zach Wilson there, they couldn't pass on Zach Wilson, the talent, because they believed him to be a better prospect and a better potential quarterback than Sam. So they traded Sam to a good situation and they turned around and they drafted their quarterback. But if you're Sam Darnold, the Jets still said Zach Wilson's a better player than you. The Jets were willing to give up on you after three years. The Jets basically said, you're not as good of an option as we can have a quarterback. So we're going to trade you. And while it wasn't an ugly divorce, it wasn't an ugly split. It was still a divorce. You know, the Jets still left Sam Darnold for another quarterback. They still have a new quarterback. And I'm sure Sam is going to want to sit there and say, you know what? You guys made a mistake. And the other wild thing that no one's really talking about here yet, but I'm sure we'll be able to get to it as as we start getting you know, day by day and week by week and month by month closer to this opener, is that it's not just the Sam Darnold revenge game. It's not just the Sam Darnold versus Zach Wilson show. Robbie Anderson, health permitting, yeah. is going to be on that field opposite. You know, Robbie is probably the guy that that should be actually pissed off at the Jets. He's the one who should be really annoyed at the Jets because he wanted to come back to New York. He wanted to be with New York long-term. He loved New York. He loved the team. And the Jets looked at him and they didn't believe that Robbie Anderson was a legitimate number one receiver. They saw him as a guy who really was only a deep threat. They saw him as a guy who uh, tended to to be get a, li- a bit lethargic when he was asked to be not the number one option on a passing route, but a number two or number three option. He was somebody that they were worried about getting that real big payday, that real juicy payday, and then having some of those off-field issues that hurt him during his time with the Jets come back to the forefront. And they decided that he was not worth the money. They were willing to pay him like $8 million, but that was it. So when he got 10 from the Panthers, the Jets weren't going to the Jets were not willing to match it. They said, you go play for somebody else. Uh, we'll replace you with Brashad Perryman. And the result was Robbie Anderson having the best season of his career, 90-something catches, over 1,000 yards. I know the touchdown numbers were were down, but the reception and yardage numbers were such an increase from his past seasons with the Jets, it really didn't matter. So Robbie showed he can be a legitimate number one on an offense. He showed he can do it week in and week out. He showed he can run more than just the go route. And I think he wants to show the Jets that they made a damn mistake, you know, letting him walk out the door. So we're going to love talking over the next weeks and months about Sam Darnold versus Zach Wilson, and that's certainly going to steal the show. But Robbie Anderson's going to want to show off quite a bit and and make Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas has already admitted admitted it was a mistake. He's going to want to really hammer home that that uh, Joe shouldn't have let him walk out the door in free agency not long ago. To me, just one more point on on Wilson starting this game. As as fun as it is, Darnold versus Wilson and all of that. To me, it actually does put a little extra added pressure, at least you know, visually from a fan standpoint on Zach Wilson in his first game because it's going to be right there for everyone to look at, right? His first game and obviously any NFL quarterback's first game, he's bound to, you know, yeah. throw some interceptions, throw, stumble throw a, throw a little pick bit. Throw six on his very yeah. first pass. Like throw a, <laughs> a pick six on his very first pass like that. Right, yeah. right. There, there's going to be some struggles. And then on the other side, if they come out and, and this Jets team plays Carolina and suddenly Sam Darnold plays great in this game, I mean – it's going to make everybody just think, oh, did did we make the right decision? You know? Yep. Now, the one thing that I will say, and like, hey, it's it's true. Like, absolutely. But what I just have a hard time seeing is Sam doing that. 
Like, I, I think <laughs> yeah, Sam can be a, a decent quarterback. I think Sam can be a, a good quarterback on a very good football team. But if the Jets want to beat Sam, they know the blueprint to do it. They they know how to do it. It's it's not it's not that hard to beat Sam Darnold because you basically need to make Sam Darnold beat you. I mean, he's a quarterback that is best when he's playing schoolyard football. He's a quarterback that's best when he's playing off script. When everything is going according to plan, when he has to go one read not there, two read not there, three read out there, that's when he makes his mistakes and that's when he melts down. It's it's when the pressure is there right off the bat. He spins out and he gets rid of it and he's just running around trying to find somebody open and he can make that touchdown pass to Braxton Berrios like you saw in the right corner of the end zone. Or the one that he also made to Braxton Berrios uh, against the 49ers where you know, it was the old Zach Wilson one like that. You know, So Sam has that ability when it's off script, when it's schoolyard football. But when it's in the pocket, run the offense, he really doesn't. So if the Jets want to beat him, and the Jets want to want to make a statement and start this season 1-0 and get it going well with Zach Wilson, new coach, new team, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. All you got to do is you got to shut down Christian McCaffrey. You got to make sure that Robbie Anderson doesn't take the top off you. And then just make Sam play within the pocket and make Sam play a traditional quarterback role. And as long as you take away those escape lanes, as long as you keep him within the pocket, as long as you make him go through those reads... Sam's going to make the throws. He's going to make those two, three, four throws against the Jets that damned the Jets for the last three years. So this same passes where you're like, what are you doing, Sam? No, Sam. How do you do that, Sam? The, you know, the interception against the Dolphins and the double team in the red zone, all that stuff. You'll see that to benefit the Jets now because he's on the other sideline. So, I mean, I get it. Like Sam's going to be pissed. He's going to want to come out and play well. I just, in my opinion, the Jets have the book on him. You know how to beat him. Like it's he's a he's a quarterback. He can make it happen on a really good team. I don't think the Panthers are that really really good team yet. Although they're better than the Jets ever were during Sam's time. I don't think that I I like I've, I've done my schedule prediction. I think I've got the Jets at like eight wins, and one of them is Carolina. Like I think you have them at whoa whoa whoa. There. You have eight wins. Yeah, I do have them at eight wins. Yeah, I can run through that afterward. We'll after get through that. all this like this yeah stuff. We're good. Yeah, I, have I don't wins. have I don't have okay, eight assuming. Wins. So I'm so I did throw a caveat of like obviously I've never I haven't seen Zach Wilson practice yet so right. like I don't know if he's gonna just completely implode and be like oh my god I can't play and suddenly Brian Hoyer's this team starter because Zach Wilson can't do it so I mean doing a schedule prediction now which is why I absolutely hate it is silly as hell considering I've never seen the Jets starting quarterback throw a pass like against the defense I've never seen it happen so I mean that's kind of silly and and dumb but I mean for the sake of having to do a prediction right now yeah I've got him assuming like a a baseline, Zach Wilson's a solid rookie quarterback. Like he's somewhere between Tua and Justin Herbert. He's not as bad as Tua was last year, not as good as Justin Herbert was. I think the Jets, there's there's games on here that the Jets can win. Like they can absolutely win. All right, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll definitely go game by game. But yes. back to your point. I think my point was over. All right, they good. Just kick, they'll, beat, they'll beat the hell out of it. I think they'll beat Sam. They're gonna, they'll beat Sam. They won't have an issue week one. And I think it's just because, like I said, Sam's, I, I, He's a beatable quarterback, and he's yeah. going to have a hard – I, I got to see Sam actually play quarterback when he's able to just play. I got to see him do it before I can think he can do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. All right, uh, so we have some prompts here. Basically, they're the prompts that you were given, Connor, so I'm going to play off of them yeah. too, and we kind of go back and forth. But the first thing that that jumps up is like, what's the game on the schedule that is the must-watch game that everybody needs to tune into? And there, to me, there's a few. I'm going to say London just because yeah. the spectacle and the fact that it's well, really cool to play at 930 in the morning Eastern time. Yeah, and you'll be yeah. there. You, you and say I'll be London because you'll be right. there for it. Yeah, yeah so, it. yeah, absolutely. Um, For me, it's week 16. It's, okay. it's week 16 against the Jacksonville Jaguars against Trevor Lawrence. You know, right. I, I think that is that is it. Because when, when I think about like last year, that, that Jets season last year, I've covered some bad football teams. I've covered some really bad Jet football teams. I've never covered a team like the 2020 Jets. I mean, that team for the first 13 weeks of the season was as bad of a football team as anyone I've ever covered. I mean, they couldn't play special teams. They couldn't play offense. They couldn't play defense. You had an all, uh, the head coach and the defensive coordinator who hated each other. You had a a quarterback that was literally the worst statistical passer in the NFL, an offensive line that couldn't block, receivers that were always hurt, so you were playing with the number four and five guys, a tight end that you thought was going to be the next great thing who got into a mental funk and, and literally couldn't do anything on the field, and and no secondary, no pass rush aside from Quinn and Williams. I mean, it was just terrific. And, and watching the Jets 
just get their asses beat week in and week out those first 13 weeks. The only glimmer of hope, the only thing that that every Jet fan could just hang their hat on was the fact that at the end of the day, you were going to get Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, like you were, you were going to get Trevor Lawrence. And the fact that the Jets got so close to him, they were three games away from Trevor Lawrence, three games away from him. And then they beat the Rams and then they beat the Browns and suddenly they're picking second. I mean, that was, after they beat the Rams, that was a gut punch. That was a gut punch that was felt throughout the organization. I know they put on, oh no, we're happy we won. No, like everyone was hurt. Like they saw Trevor Lawrence as like the saving grace that, yeah, you know what? We might go 0-16. Yeah, that's a hell of an embarrassment, but you know what? It's a damn good price to pay if it means we get this Clemson quarterback. And obviously it didn't go that way. The Jets won two meaningless games. They don't get Trevor Lawrence. They finished with the number two pick in the draft. And I think that at the end of the day, the Jets still ended up with a pretty damn good player, a guy who is a better scheme fit like as far as what Zach Wilson does well, he's literally, I've said this before, he's tailor-made. I mean, he's absolutely tailor-made for this Jets offense. So that's that's a benefit. Uh, he's got the swagger and the confidence that when you hear him start speaking more and more, he's going to invigorate and excite and get this fan base going, which is going to be a good thing for the Jets. But this is the first opportunity to see what could have been versus what is. And... I think the Jets are a better team right now than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jets are a better position right now for the Jack than the Jacksonville Jaguars. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch these two guys go go toe to toe, you know. And and who knows what state the Jets are gonna be in this late in the season, or what state the Jaguars are gonna be. But I I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing it play. And and the one like minor storyline on top of this that that people probably won't be talking about too much, but I'm gonna be banging this drum like crazy because I the the argument just drove me batshit crazy was that all throughout when the Jets were losing, like when they were 0-6, 0-8, 0-10, there was every talking head on every network was saying how Trevor Lawrence should uh, refuse to play for the Jets. Trevor Lawrence should go back to school. That, oh my God, the Jets are going to ruin Trevor Lawrence. Oh my God, the Jets are the worst thing in the world. How? Oh my God, you know what? Don't even play football. Just don't don't pass on the 30, $35 million guarantee contract. Go do whatever, just whatever you do. Don't go to the Jets, right? Like, it's just like somehow the Jaguars, who have been like, no one, no one gives a shit about the Jaguars. Like, they can't pack their stadium with 5,000 people. They've had one good year as long as I, two good years. David Garrard once, and then that random year with Blake Bortles, the GOAT, are the only two years the Jaguars have been good my entire goddamn life. And suddenly they're the better option than New York. They're the better option than the Jets who went to back-to-back AFC championship games and who were actual perennial contender, not current, current, like almost every year competing for the playoffs before they got into this rut. They're suddenly like, they're, oh no, you go play in Jacksonville. Jacksonville Beach sucks, dude. Like there's something good about Jacksonville. Like I know Marissa, you and Michael, you and Michael, like actually Michael should talk shit about the Jaguars too because they let him go. But like, I know like, oh yeah, Jaguar. No, I've been to Jacksonville Beach. It sucks. It's like a knockoff South Beach. Like, there's nothing good about Jacksonville. Nothing at all. So the fact that people were like, oh, no, Trevor, go to Jacksonville is like, you've got to be kidding me. So it would honestly be very cool. Like, in my, and I, like I've said this before, and people are now going to get ripped as soon as I make this statement again. I didn't grow up a Jets fan. I'm not a Jets fan now. But it would actually be kind of cool to have Zach Wilson and this Jets team that's going to ruin him take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and just beat him by, like, 20 points. You know, but what's funny is like, even if the Jets go and beat the Jaguars by 20 in week 16, no one's going to be saying like, oh yeah, well, Trevor Lawrence, maybe, maybe he should have said, don't go to the Jaguars. Like, come on, man. Like I would get it if like the 49ers were picking, like if it was the Jets and 49ers going toe to toe or the Jets and Patriots or like the Jets and Colts are like an actual good organization. We're talking about the goddamn Jaguars. Like seriously, like I find me a Jaguar fan. So find me one. Like they, like they, they, they got more Cowboy fans in the, at Jacksonville beach than they do freaking Jaguar fans. But yeah, that's where Zach Bowles, that's where Trevor Lawrence should go. Come on. So I just think it would be cool to see the Jets beat him after all that talk about the Jets are going to, you know, oh, don't play for the Jets. You want to go play for Jacksonville. I'd love to see that. That would just be my prayer. I'd like to see that. But that's that's the most uh, anticipating, uh, anticipated and like game for me. I can't wait to see that. You're the only Jaguars fan that. I know is uh, J- Jason from The Good Place. That's about it. <laughs> Which yes. plays that well. Yes. <laughs> that, by the way, like I, going out in Jacksonville, I went on Jacksonville Beach on, uh, on, uh, Halloween, like when the Jets played the Jaguars last, I went on Jack's beach and I'll be honest with you, man, like that character 
that's everyone who lives there. Like that is <laughs> everyone who lives there. Like I, I played golf, I played golf down there too. And like, I got paired up with a threesome definition of, of just Florida, man. Like a hundred percent. Like it's just, oh, it's glorious. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's where Trevor Lawrence should be. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to be there like a year and be like, what the hell am I doing? Guarantee you he doesn't live in Jacksonville when like it's the off season. I can promise you that. Um, you're also forgetting the Tim Tebow revenge game. Um, but mm. we won't get into yep. that. Oh yeah. 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 We'll see <laughs> we won't get into that. Uh, we he have- also is getting way too much flack. Like people are giving that team ridiculous shit for signing him. Who cares? Like it's, you're going to get like how many players allowed at training camp if they open these rosters in 90. Let him see. Like people thought he was, they, they thought that was his future in the NFL was H back tight end. So let him give it a shot. I mean, maybe you catch lightning in the bottle. Who the hell knows? Or trick plays H back. Like, like people are like, Oh, I can't believe they're, they're, you're giving up a roster spot to some Jamoke from, you know, South Dakota state. And you're going to bring Tebow on instead of, Go get real. Like, who cares? It's a training camp spot. Like, you get, you just let him go try out to be tight end. If he sucks, you cut him. Like, it's no big deal. Ah, it's so bullshit. All right. Next question is, what is the toughest stretch of the schedule? And it's it's different than a year ago. Well, a year ago, the whole thing was just too tough for the Jets team in 2020. <laughs> um, but going into the season, we had kind of seen that there was like, there was a clear gauntlet in the 2020 schedule. Oh, yeah. And the way, in my mind, the way this schedule is made up, it's very different. Not in really that, one, right? Yeah, they're kind of bunched together. There's like a few tough games, but then like a bye week or a couple home games. So I'm going to throw it out there that it's the last, and I want it to be four games, right? Three is not enough to be a stretch. The last four games, which does include the Jaguars, which even makes that not that bad. But you have at Miami, then you got the Jaguars the day after Christmas, and then home for the Bucks, the defending champs. Then you go to Buffalo. And it feels like the way the Patriots have improved and the way the Bills are, maybe that game is important for Buffalo. For some reason or another, Buffalo's actually going to have to play hard in Week 18 there to either clinch the division or some sort of seeding, um, and the Jets are going to get the full so Bills crazy. there. So to me, it's it's 15, 16, 17, and 18. What do you think, Connor? I'm going a little bit different. So okay. I actually think this – I don't think there is that gauntlet on here. Like, I, I don't yeah. think there's any stretch where you're like, oh, my God, it's a murderer's row, which is probably the first time we've been able to say that in quite some time. Like, I really don't – I don't see it because even last year there was the stretch – 2019, you knew the first eight games were going to be absolutely brutal. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Like there was a four game stretch in 2018, or maybe it was 17, where it was like, oh my god, it's going to be terrible. I and mean, if they can escape with one win, good for them. Uh, I don't see that. Like like you kind of said, there's there's something that breaks up everywhere that it might be a little bit hard. But where I see it is the first five weeks of the season. Season I think is are very win. Like I think there's a lot of winnable games there for the Jets. I mean, I think they could take Carolina. I think New England at home, I'm not a Cam Newton believer. So I think that's a very winnable game for the Jets. The Broncos suck. So that's a game they can win. Uh, Tennessee is going to gonna do a number on the Jets. They'll, they'll, beat, they'll beat them down pretty good. Um, but then Atlanta, I think in London's another winnable game. And I don't think the Falcons are a very good team. They're another one that like every year you talk Falcons, Falcons, Falcons. And every year I feel like they're an utter disappointment. So I mean, it's it's entirely possible that Jets start the first five weeks of the season like three and two, four and one. I mean, that that is that is possible. It's not utterly unrealistic to say that. Where the challenge really comes in, in my opinion, is week seven all the way through. You can make the argument week twelve. I, I think that's where it can get tough because you have New England on the road, and whether you're talking Cam Newton, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's just the Patriots. New England and New England is a very tough opponent to face because those fans are going to be there this year. They're going to be ramped up. They're going to be, it's just every time the Jets go to New England, it seems like it goes poorly ever since they beat him in the playoffs. So that's a tough one. Cincinnati is the game that breaks it up a little bit. I think the Bengals will be able to, I think that's a winnable game for the Jets. You know, I don't, I don't know if they've done it. I love Joe Burrow, but I don't know if they've done enough to surround him with talent where they're a legitimate playoff contender. I think they're probably still a year away. Uh, we should probably bring Michael on to, to talk some some Bengal trash, see if we can get him on for that. Um, but I think that's the one that breaks it up. But then after that, I see difficult, 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 because you can you got a tough game in New England. You have the Bengals, which was whatever, but then prime time against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a very good team, and they upgraded the quarterback position a lot with Wentz over Phillip Rivers. Not that I think Wentz is a great quarterback, but Phillip Rivers was like a shell of his former self last year. The Buffalo Bills, obviously a very good team, the best team in the AFC East, no doubt. The Miami Dolphins, who could potentially... I mean, if, if Tua if Tua develops, 
And if Tua takes a next step, if Tua even plays like Justin Herbert did last year, that Miami team's capable of 12 wins. I mean, that's a damn good defense. They got weapons on offense. They are incredibly well coached. They just didn't have a quarterback last year, and they still won 10 games. So I think that the the Dolphins could potentially be a very tough game. So to go from at New England, Cincinnati, at the Colts in primetime, which is a short week because, again, it ends in a short week on the road. That's tough. Buffalo's tough. Miami's tough. Then you have at Houston. Now, if Deshaun Watson's on the commissioner exempt list and doesn't play, obviously that game's irrelevant. But any team with Deshaun Watson on, it's a, a, a team that you got to worry about. So you have to worry about that one as well. You just don't know what it's going to look like. And then you obviously get to the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And I think the Eagles are going to be a very bad football team this year. So uh, before that, though, I mean, New England, tough game. Cincinnati, uh, Indy, tough game. Buffalo, tough game. Miami, tough game. Houston, potentially tough game. That's a five or six game stretch where you could make or break the Jets season. You could be feeling really confident going into that bye week if you can beat the Falcons in, in London. But then moving on after that, I mean, it can get it can get tough. I mean, it can it can get ugly during that middle stretch. I was assuming that Deshaun Watson won't play in that game. In my mind, that he's he, he may just not play this season, depending on what goes down mm-hmm. and depending on what we don't know is going to go down. Basically, that like yeah. if it's still unknown, he's not going to be on the field. But um, but we'll yes. see about that. Certainly, well, if he is, that that changes things. Also, um, back to like the toughest stretch discussion. It's a it's an early bye week, which yeah. is yeah. Yep. which is interesting with that added week at the end of the season. So those what it's week six, the bye week. So yeah, that that's maybe uh, that maybe that helps Zach Wilson a little bit because it's like, OK, OK, Zach, you got through you got through your right. first five weeks. You went to Europe for a game. You're back. Right. Now let's like take a break, right. step back and kind of reevaluate. So maybe it helps him. But yeah, overall, that's going to it's going to catch up with this team late in the season. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Especially uh, with the longer season too. Like that, like everyone's like, oh, week six isn't that bad of a buy. Like it's early, but it's not week four. It's not bad. But like when you think about it, there's now an extra game to play. So right. actually, yeah, it's not that great. Like it's like, no, like it's 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 early now because you have that extra week 18 game, which still, that sounds so weird to yeah. say out loud. And like, even when I was doing the schedule prediction, I was like eight and nine or whatever. I was like, that's just sounds weird. It's all... I hate. I, I get why they did it. I understand it. It's a money thing, and it's going to work out financially. And every every owner is going to be richer, which is eventually going to lead to players being richer. And Marissa's is going to have like a seven carat ring when they do their vow renewals. Like it's all going to be great. But we're like, I I think just I thought sixteen games, seventeen weeks was perfect. So I don't really like this that much. But I mean, whatever. It's a money thing. I was looking at the schedule initially on my phone, and there was like page breaks along the way, and I was scrolling through, mm-hmm. and I get to seventeen, and I was like, wait, they. They only play Buffalo once. There's something wrong with this write-up that they would only yeah, play the Bills wrong, once. Probably. I'm like, where's where's the second Bills game? And then realize, like, oh wait, 18 weeks. Yep. All yeah. right. So you say, ne- I, I did go through though, and the one thing I am very happy about with this entire schedule though is, from a media perspective, it actually turned out pretty good. Like, I was so depressed last year <laughs> with COVID, how it robbed us of that schedule. Ch- I mean, it was LA twice. It was Kansas City. It was Seattle. I mean, there it was the road schedule of all road schedules and it was basically all wiped out aside from buffalo week one and week 17 and then uh, indianapolis week two those were the only road games i went on looks like we're full steam ahead with travel now and like travel is going to be opened up and reporters are going to be on the road we're going to have access on the road like it's going to be beneficial so from a reporting standpoint and getting the press box food power rankings back up and running remember those remember oh, from, yeah. did those like 10 years ago carolina that's a good trip. I've never been to that stadium before. Looking forward to it. Plus great golf. Denver is amazing and also has the best sushi place in the world at Sushi Den. No, I'm not kidding. Incredible sushi. Then you go to Atlanta. Atlanta kind of sucks. I've been there before, but that's not Atlanta anymore. That's London now. That's freaking awesome. New England's whatever. Indianapolis sucks. I've been over that. Houston, Texas. I've never actually been to Texas before, so I've never had Texas barbecue. Looking forward to that. Then Miami, week 15. The only thing that sucks is that week 18 game at Buffalo. That's going to be a biatch. Like if the Jets aren't in the playoffs, and, and we I've know you'll fly there, Connor, because you can't drive more than I don't know. Hours. No, it's true, but I usually break my rule because it's week seventeen. Because like you got to get or week eighteen because you have to. They do if the Jets are out of the playoffs, you have to do baggy day the next day. So I got to get home for baggy day at like nine in the morning. So unless I get a red eye flight, but then you're running. It's Buffalo. It'll freaking snow out of the blue. Like it snows like rain in Florida. Like it just comes out of nowhere. It's like oh, here's a foot of snow. So like the plane's not going to get off. It's going to be hell. I am so not looking forward to that. That's At least you don't have to worry so about the coach getting fired the next day this year. Well, that's that's not being too soon, Tim. <laughs> you knocking wood. You better be knocking a two by four over there. <laughs> 
Uh, so if Salah only lasts retired. one year after Adam Gase lasted two, then I don't know what to, yeah, what to think true. about this franchise. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you look at the schedule overall. Best offense, to me, it seems like it's the the defending champs, the Bucks. What do you think, Connor? Uh Yes. I actually I, I went with Buffalo actually. Okay. I think the Bills that was are the that best was the offense. number two for me. Yeah. Yeah, I went Bills. The the um the the Bucks are another answer for me. But the uh the Bills I went with they're the toughest offense because that offense was nasty last year. In fact, that when I wrote that story that's up on the Athletic now, I was going over the numbers of what Josh Allen did last season. I forgot how absurd. I mean, it was like thirty-seven touchdowns. He ran for another eight. He had four hundred rush yards, over four thousand passing yards. I mean, I was like. Holy hell, like that dude had a year. And then everyone basically is coming back. The running back rotation is still good. They added Emmanuel Sanders to go with Cole Beasley and um, uh, Stephon Diggs. So, I mean, I think that offense is going to be the best that the Jets face. I think that's going to be just a uh, – it's going to be tough to slow the Bills next year. As long as Josh Allen's healthy, it's going to be tough to slow that team down. So are the Bucks then best defense? I said the Bucks were the game that has gotten tougher. So oh, okay. I said – so like. Yeah, so the re and the re so uh, when we entered the story of the game that has gotten tougher, and the reason why I said the Bucks are the game that's gotten tougher is because I can never remember a Super Bowl team that returns every starter coming back. Like whenever you win a Super Bowl, basically the thirty-one other teams pick the carcass of that roster to try to grab like even the slightest slimmer of magic to hopefully like get that on their team and maybe they can make a run. I mean, you'll see guys that were like borderline contributors to a Super Bowl team get absurd contracts just because they were on that Super Bowl team. So the fact that the Bucs had so many unrestricted free agents and were still able to bring everyone back. I mean, Shaq Barrett, they tagged Godwin, they brought back Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette. I mean, everyone, like, isn't Sue back, JPP, every, the, all 22 starters are all coming back for this team. I mean, usually the Super Bowl team in year two is kind of like a, a knockoff version of it because they've lost a lot of those key pieces that win or that helped them win. The fact that this team is the exact same starters, everyone's back. I mean, that's a game that I thought was going to be a little bit easier than what it is and, and is going to be a tough one for, for them to beat. For the defense, I went with the Colts. I think the, the toughest defense the Jets are going to face are going to be the Colts. Like, I think that that team, that where they just draft Page in the first round, so they're, they're a good defense anyway. They were a good defense last year. They're always a good defense. They're incredibly well coached. I think the offense is going to be better for that team this year, and then the defense is just going to take advantage knowing that they can pin their ears back and rush the passer. All right, one more little category, then we'll do predictions after that. But uh, Because one of these categories is player revenge game. We already kind of – I think that's that's Sam yeah. Darnold's attempt at, at revenge and not about mm -hmm. really the, the Jets players do it. So it's kind of a reverse. But trap game, which hmm. to me – I mean, when you're a 2-14 and 14 football team and you're <laughs> heading into the next season, there's no trap game. I mean, there's no – if there is, there's something wrong with the mentality of yeah. your team. Because if you're overlooking anyone after getting your brains kicked in for 16 weeks the previous season, there's something wrong. So it, it's it's tough. But, I mean, if you had to pick something that's a trap game, maybe, I don't know, you would think maybe it's Jacksonville because they're the team that was actually worse than you last year. But with Trevor Lawrence and all that stuff going on late in the year, I don't see that. So to me, it's there's not really a trap game. But what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I I don't think there's a trap game on the schedule, but the one that I think the Jets could lose by looking past it is the Eagles, because I think that's a team that's going to be the other conference. It's going to be a team that their coaches seems a little, I mean, he seems like a little Adam Gacy in terms of like spacey and out there a little bit. And somebody who's going to like make the fans go like fans are trying to buy into it right now. Like he said some really weird shit and done some really weird stuff. And fans are like trying to be like, no, it's cool. Our coach is playing rock, paper, scissors with guys over Zoom. Like, no, we're fine. That That's like a cool – no one else does it. So he's like being revolutionary. Like, it's gonna, that's going to last like four weeks. And then suddenly the Eagles are going to be one and three. And they're going to be like, no, we're over with the rock, paper, scissors. Get this guy out of here. Who the hell's Nick Sirianni or whatever the guy's name is? So I think the Eagles are going to be a really bad football team this year. And uh, that's one that I could see the Jets like coming off of that tough stretch – they beat the Texans in Houston because there's no Watson, or maybe they still beat them with Watson because the rest of the roster stinks. They have Philly at home. They're looking ahead to the Saints. They're looking ahead of Miami. Like, all right, if we can just beat the Eagles, go through, we've got a chance at the playoffs. I could see that happening, and then the Eagles sneak up on them. You know, like the Eagles pass rush, which is still pretty good. I mean, they still got Brandon Graham. They still have Barrett. They still have um, uh, Fletcher Cox. Like, they still have a good defensive line that can give the Jets some problems. I could see that team sneaking up, and then you have Jalen Hurts, who's going to be like that – 
magician running around in the pocket, scrambling around. I could, could see him giving the Jets defensive ends put, uh, trouble and doing some like uh, funky stuff in the pocket that, that ends up resulting in a touchdown or two that's not supposed to happen. So uh, that's the one of anyone that I could see being a trap game. Just I think they, they could look past him. And they play the Giants the week before that at MetLife. So they're the latest team in the back-to-back weeks at MetLife. I feel like that's happening a lot in the past few seasons. For them, it doesn't even freaking matter. Yeah, yeah it's a little different like when they're, you know, it's right yeah, there, driving, right down 95. Yeah. 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 Basically, I gotta make the trip. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, so prediction time. You already said eight, eight and nine is the prediction, but I, I want to see where those eight wins are, Connor. Then I'll tell you what I Yeah. Have. So I have them actually starting really well. So I, it's a, I have them between seven and eight. And I have them beating the Panthers uh, of the first five games. So we'll break it up that way. Like the first five games, they got the Panthers, Patriots, Broncos, Titans, Falcons. Those are the first five heading into the bye. I have them beating without a doubt, Carolina, Denver, Atlanta. I have that as three. Like I, I think they absolutely beat those three teams. I don't see how they don't. Uh, assuming again, Wilson isn't a complete disaster. The I don't see any way they lose to the, they beat the Titans. Like I just don't, unless like Tannehill's hurt and Henry's hurt. Like I just, I don't see any way a relatively healthy Titan team loses to the Jets. I don't see it happening. So that's a loss. The Patriots week two is one where right now I have them at a win. I give them four there. Like I, I see that as a win right now, just because I don't believe in Cam Newton. And I don't believe in Mac Jones. So those that but that's a game you can also convince me the other way so what about bill belichick facing a rookie quarterback in his second start that's the one yeah i just i don't know like i i yeah i I can see that i don't think zach wilson's gonna light it up for 407 touchdowns but like i don't think the patriots are good like that i get like they went on this crazy offseason spending spree i know they went nuts but they don't have a quarterback like people are blaming Mono for Cam Newton sucking last year. No, like Cam Newton did, or not Mono. Cam, Sam Darnold on my mind. COVID. Yeah, COVID. Or, like, yeah, sure, Cam but... Newton didn't have COVID his final three years with the Panthers when he was awful too. So like it's Cam Newton's just not a good quarterback anymore. He like, he bounces passes. He's like not as athletic as he was. Like he's just the things that made him great don't make him great anymore because he's not great at those things anymore. So. I just if it's Mac Jones who I think is going to be a complete bust, then the Jets are in really good shape. If it's Cam Newton, then I think they're still in good shape because I just don't think Newton's that good anymore. So, uh, for the sake of this one, I'll say it's a I'll give them a win. I have the Jets starting the season four and one. Like I think they beat the Panthers. I think they beat the tight the beat Panthers, beat Patriots, beat Broncos, lose to Titans, beat the Falcons in London. Like I genuinely believe that's how they're going to start the season four and one. Coming out of the bye on the road on New England though. That's where I have them losing. I don't think they beat the Patriots on the road, even though they're coming out of bye, extra time to prep. I don't see them beating New England on the road. Uh, win number five, though, I do have is Cincinnati. I think they'll end up beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think that's a game that they'll they'll probably win. Uh, lost to the lost to the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Lost to the Buffalo Bills. Lost to the Miami Dolphins. I have them losing to the Texans right now, I'm pretty sure, because I have Deshaun Watson starting, and I think Watson might just go off. That's also a tough game in Houston. So um, I have them losing that one, uh, beating the Eagles, losing to the Saints, losing to the Dolphins, beating Jacksonville, losing to the Bucks, losing to the Bills. And I'm pretty sure that gives me seven or eight. That's wins. seven, yep. Yeah. So, so it would be eight if, probably... if if Deshaun Watson maybe doesn't play yes. and he bounce up to eight. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. All right. So I have... I have Tough, five. Good and, start, bad finish. Yeah, I have five and twelve. Um, uh, just basically so from the start. I just my my thought is rookie quarterback. He's going to struggle again early in the season, and they're not going to get off to that four and one start. So I have lost Carolina, lost New England, lost at Denver, lost Titans. So zero and oh, four. You're losing in Denver. Yeah, I have them zero and Ooh. four. But then winning Ooh. in London, <laughs> and then we're pretty similar after that. Winning in London, then I'm beating the Bengals. Um, I have them beating Houston. I have him beating the okay. Eagles, beating Jacksonville. So those are my five wins. Okay. So pretty much is the start. I can't see which one things. of you is correct. I'm going to go and like two and two. Power, How about I go two and two? So I'm like in the middle of you guys. I, f- I feel like last year I was overly optimistic and, I, and that didn't go well at all. So I'm trying it the other way. You know, Go with <laughs> pessimism like and when, maybe, maybe we'll be surprised. When Brandon Marshall was still on this team, like he used to read every sentence you wrote. Like he read everything everyone wrote, every word. So Costello, uh, Brian Costello over at the Post was like being, he had written like, a, I mean, the Jets were so bad in 2016. He had written like a couple negative stories in a row. 
So Brandon Marshall in the locker room gave him a book. It was like the power of positivity because he said cause was too negative or something like that. I was like, oh, man, it's great. So I, I apparently I've been drinking the power of positivity, the Kool-Aid uh, to see that four and one start. But I think three and two, four and one is, is realistic out of the gate. I mean, I just I think they're I think the Broncos are going to be awful. Uh, and who, I just I, I don't think that's a good football team. Um, and then Titans are a tough one. I don't think the Falcons are that good either. And that's in London, which kind of makes it a complete wash. So looking through the comments a little bit, you know, pretty much similar to some, you know, seven or eight wins, like you said, six wins. There's a few optimistic people saying nine and eight. Uh, but but overall, I think, you know, it feels like this team is going to be better than 2020. I think the schedule. That's a low bar. <laughs> yeah. All right. I hope. <laughs> better. <You> gotta, one <laughs> more, one win sh- is the only way they go worse. One I should zero. say not just better, but like. More exciting, more entertaining, yeah. and just like every yes. better vibe. Um, just everything yeah. about being a fan of this team, I think, is going to be better for 2021. It's going to be a chance for even if they only go five and 12 or, or six and 11, it's going to be like a, a better feeling six and 11 yeah. because they took steps in the right direction. Um, the other thing, too, is you always get a boost when you have a new coach. Yep. I mean, even Adam Gase went seven and nine. Like, <laughs> you almost always get a boost when you hire a new head coach. It's like a meeting because at the Good feel with the fans, good feel with the team, good feel like new fresh blood. Like it, 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 there's a boost. Like Todd Bowles, another bad head coach, went 10 and 6 his first year and was on the doorstep of the playoffs. I mean, usually when you hire that new head coach, unless it's a complete disaster, they still win it. I mean, the Jets were probably going to win eight or nine games, maybe 10 games. If, if, no, I would say eight or nine games that, that first season with Adam Gase, if it wasn't for Sam getting mono, because they would have beaten the Bills in the opener and they probably beat the Eagles that year. Uh, and there was another game that Sam missed that was probably a win as well. And then even like when he came back from Mono, he was still dealing with Mono. So, I mean, that that team, even with Adam Gase, was going to win eight or nine. So you always get that boost, which I think is going to play a role for the Jets as well. All right. Before we say goodbye, uh, we have yet to talk about undrafted free agents. So let's touch on a couple yeah. of them. Of course, the Jets bringing in 12 um, after the draft, but a few stand out as a little more interesting than others. Um, I love that they they signed a kicker, and we'll, we won't talk about him specifically, but the SMU kicker, I think, has a chance to, to be the guy on this team. But specifically, yeah. Connor, a couple of guys, uh, Kenny Eboa, tight end Ole Miss, and he's a guy that it says tight end. He's not going to block a lot for you, though, right? He's a guy who's, who's pretty yeah. athletic and will be more of a pass catcher. Yeah, he was a guy the Jets actually had like a fourth round grade on. Yeah. And and they obviously were going different directions in the draft. They weren't focusing on tight end because they like Chris Herndon. But when the draft ended and they saw a guy that they had a, a pretty noticeable grade on still as an undrafted guy, you know, they jumped at the opportunity to get him and they gave him a good chunk of money. He's going to come in. You'll compete for playing time. And like you said, he's somebody who's more H back than he is tight end or fullback, but he can line up in the backfield. He can line up in line. He can split out wide in the slot. I mean, he's a ridiculous athlete. He played high receiver in, in uh, high school. Uh, fast guy, agile guy, good after the catch, good at stretching the field. I mean, there's a lot to like about him. The biggest concern is just drops. Like, I think it was like 13 passes he dropped last year, 13 of 86 catchable balls or something like that. Pro football focus credited him with drops. So, that's a problem that he has to shore up, spend some time on the jugs machine, focus on concentration. I mean, some guys just don't have good hands, and that's going to be a problem for a while. But he's a player that I think has a chance to step in of these undrafted guys and contribute right away because, you know, uh, Kyle Uchek was somebody that the the um, the 49ers used a lot in that fullback role. And, and Kenny Obo is a bigger guy. Like, he's not that exact size and that exact build, but he can do some similar things to that. So I think he's a uh, an interesting player that, that has a chance, like I said, not only make this team, but contribute contribute pretty early on. All right, and then one other guy to talk about, Isaiah Dunn. Uh, another Dunn added to the family, the can't wait family here. <laughs> Let's hope he makes the team uh, at cornerback. And obviously it's something, a big need. They they went to the draft and, and went with some corners, but then you get Isaiah Dunn as well, another guy that could help out our Oregon State. Yeah, and they gave him, it's something like one of the biggest free UDFA contracts uh, ever like like giving out to somebody like it's it's pretty absurd and and he didn't do too much last year he only played five games 13 tackles three pass breakups but there's a lot to like about him he's an aggressive kid he's a good kid he has good footwork he has the ability to play both zone and man he obviously didn't play at like the biggest school in the world at Oregon State but you know he's he's somebody that has a lot of a lot of potential and a lot of talent and the Jets obviously see something they like and when you look at those uh, Robert Sala defenses in San Francisco they weren't armed 
by first and second round picks in in the secondary. I mean, I know they had Richard Sherman, but like they were they were guys that they drafted lower on and they developed and they found a skill set they liked and they they developed them into players. And when you play a two deep zone, you don't necessarily need studs at cornerback because you're not going to be running man to man coverage all that much. So I still think the Jesse to go out there and add a veteran. From what I understand, it doesn't sound like Richard Sherman's probably going to happen. Uh, just because Sherman's somebody who wants to play for a winner and the amount of money that the Jets would have to pay to convince him not to play for a winner and come East Coast when he spent his entire career West Coast probably just wouldn't be worth it, you know? So I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but uh, I think there's a number of guys now in this secondary that's going to be, that are going to be interesting to see work in. Michael Carter, obviously one of them, Bryce, uh, Bryce Hall, Bless Austin. I think that's going to be fun. Isaiah Dunn, I think is going to be a good guy to watch play. Javelin Guidry in year two. I mean, there's a lot of players now um, Pinnock, who the Jets drafted as well. I mean, there's a solid number of group of guys now that's going to be fun to watch them develop. I think the Jets are still gambling a little bit if they don't add a veteran here. I think it's a little risky, um, but but Dunn's going to have a, a means to come in here and play play pretty early uh, if he can if he can contribute and show a role for himself. Because obviously, to pay him that much money, the Jets obviously like what they see there. All right. Well, we are going to give Connor next week off to recover from his trip. Home from New Orleans. <laughs> Might need more than that. <laughs> if you live but, in New Orleans, go walk around Bourbon Street and see that's if you what can Bree said. Please don't die. Bree's <laughs> words and don't. I was I was told don't die and don't break a limb so that I'm standing at the end of the <laughs> altar with like a cane or like a cast on my arm. One of my good friends are like the two like the two courses that we're playing TPC Louisiana and the uh, Bartholomew. I think is the one we're playing on Friday. Um, there's alligators all over the place. Oh, like there's gators everywhere because it's, it, you're basically playing, it's a swamp. New Orleans is a swamp. So you're playing, like they live, like there's alligators everywhere. And so one of my friends that I was like, I said to Bree, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to come back with a cane, but I might come back missing a limb depending on how close I get to those gators. And with the way I play golf, I'll be near the water. Like you can, you can guarantee that. <laughs> the, uh, like happy Gilmore. Yeah. The alligator. Yeah. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the show. We'll be back, though, in a couple of weeks. And if you need to subscribe to The Athletic, which you should for all the great writing from Connor, our national NFL writers, and all the other sports, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. You can subscribe right now for just $3.99 a month. Again, leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening or watching as well. And we'll talk to everybody again soon.